like that. You want to try Hello, everybody, that. and welcome like to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And it is going to be a fun one today, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a very, 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 very fun one for you today. And I hope you enjoy. I think just before the show starts, I might as well just say I hope you enjoy. If not, remember... You look at the description down below on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and tell me how you feel about individual episodes of the show in general. But just make sure, of course, you're subscribed to Logan Blavich on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and leave a rating out of five stars. And again, description down below, tell me how the way you feel. And then, of course, make sure you follow Logan Blavich on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and I'm going to say it again, Apple Podcast and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure to subscribe and like on both and check out our latest blog post. We will have one for you today. And I'm very excited for this one. I'm very, very excited for this blog post. But then again, of course, make sure you are first subscribed to The Logan Blackman Show podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And again, Leave a rating out of five stars on both and a description down below why you feel the way you do. And man, oh man, it's fun, fun Friday. Oh my goodness, I'm excited. And the main reason I'm excited is because it's Mock Draft Friday. I know it doesn't really roll off the tongue that well, but hey, we got a Mock Draft to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. And I worked really hard on this one. I've been sweating all day about it. Not really sweating all day, but just thinking too hard about it, overthinking everything as I do. It's part of my family's heritage. One of the beautiful things that my family has passed down through the generations and generations of my family. Overthinking. Yes, and I know the, th- the thing is, what's funny about overthinking a mock draft is that it's not going to be 100% accurate. Ever. There's a 0% chance that I get an 100% accurate mock draft. It's like the chances of getting 100% in March Madness or something like that. It is so small. You cannot predict trades. You cannot predict any. Like last year. I don't think a lot of you would have been able to predict some of the trades that took place in the middle of the first round last year. Or that the next quarterback after Kenny Pickett, who's picked 20 by the Steelers, would come all the way in the third round. I believe picked 74 by the Falcons. And Desmond Ritter, well, he's getting a start this week. So, you know what? Give him a round of applause for that. But, man, it is impossible to predict. And especially right now, it's December 15th for me. December 16th for you listening to this. The draft's not until freaking April. The end of April. The chances of getting 100% now versus 100% then is even less. And I still overthought everything. But we have it done. All the description is done. So you'll be able to check that out on the LoganBlackmanShow.com. And while you're there checking out that blog post, you can check out some of our others as well. You can go check out some of our uh, quarterback prospect rankings from throughout the season. We did every single week apart from one. I don't remember what week it was. But we just had a – it was a pretty hectic week that week, so we didn't end up doing one. We did one every other week. We didn't. I guess we didn't do conference championship week either because none of the quarterbacks that were in the list played in the conference championship game. So there's really no need to go, yep, nothing happened. Yep, nothing happened with this guy either. Uh, 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 yep, that, 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 nothing happened with that one either. But it's fun. So again, go check out LoganBlavinShow.com. We got the mock draft. We got uh, FIFA World Cup stuff to talk about as well. We have a final. The final will take place on Sunday at 9 o'clock here. In Iowa, nine o'clock. Uh, the cover. I hate how the how they do this. At least on Fox, I don't know how other channels do it. But Fox has always done coverage starts at nine, but don't actually say coverage starts at nine. It just says this team versus this team at nine Eastern. She's so like, oh, does the game start at eight? No, the coverage, the pre-match coverage starts at eight. The game starts at nine. You wouldn't think that because growing up in Iowa, you see everything in Eastern time when you see. This game is at 9 Eastern time. You would think the game would be at 8, but no, it's just the coverage, and they do not 
clarify that so you get all panicked and I mean it's not as big of a deal now because the United States the greatest country in the world the greatest team of all time is uh not in the World Cup right now but we'll talk again we'll talk about that in a little bit we got bowl games to go over as well uh first set of bowl games are going on this weekend in college football and before we get too deep and before we start anything else today I will say there's not going to be a show on Monday I'm going to be in Buffalo this weekend we're going to the Bills Dolphins football game it's on Saturday night I don't know if we're going to be coming back Sunday or Monday. That hasn't really been talked about yet or discussed yet, but we'll figure that out. We'll cross that bridge when we get there, essentially. But there's not going to be a show on a Monday regardless. Regardless if we leave Sunday or regardless if we leave Monday, there's not going to be a single show. So just get ready for that. I know it's emotional. I know it's emotional, but we've had three straight weeks of doing really, really consistent stuff. So you know what? I deserve a break. <laughs> oh, my goodness, but I'm excited. I am excited to do this because mock drafts are my favorite thing to do. The NFL draft is my favorite sporting event apart from things that my team participates in. Like, people would go like, oh, the World Series or the Super Bowl or March Madness or the championship in college football. Well, yeah, my teams have been in a championship in hockey, Stanley Cup, which was awesome, World Series, and that's it. I've never watched the Bills in the Super Bowl. I've never watched the Bulls in the NBA championship game. Like I, I like these other big sporting events. Like people, oh, I love the Super Bowl. I don't. I don't really care. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch the halftime performances, regardless of how good or bad they are. Which we all, I'm pretty sure we all loved the Super Bowl halftime show for this last one, Bengals versus Rams. Which the Rams, of course, ended up winning. If you did not know that, you. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't know that. Looking at the Rams this year, you would not be able to look at that team and go, "Yep, that's the team that just won the Super Bowl." The garbage ass Rams. With their backups on backups on backups was the team that just won the Super Bowl. I know. Crazy. And there's reports, I guess, that Sean McVay not be, might not be coming back. He's got some big deals lined up with some networks. I don't know. At least I think I've seen those. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be very well wrong about that. But the NFL draft is just fun. It's fun. And it's really stress-free when your team doesn't have a draft pick. But it's not as fun when your team doesn't have a draft pick. Like, the Bills didn't have a draft pick during the 2020 NFL draft, obviously, because the Bills traded their first-round pick to get Stephon Diggs from the Minnesota Vikings, who in turn took Justin Jefferson, who I think is 430-something yards away from the all-time receiving record in a season. So, yeah, I would expect him at this point to win the Office Player of the Year award, though Tyreek Hill's going to be nipping at his heels the entire way there. Stephon Diggs will obviously be mentioned in there as well. But, yeah, it looks like it's going to Justin Jefferson at this point. But it's one of those rare win-win trades between two organizations. The Bills-Vikings get Stephon Diggs. And Justin Jefferson, two, as it seems right now, two future Hall of Famers in my book. But, uh, you know, I'm a little biased, and I'm sure Vikings fans are biased as well. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. They're still really, well, Justin Jefferson's really young in his career. Diggs is still pretty young in his career. So we'll see how their careers continue after this. But it's not as fun, but it's less stressful. It's not as fun, but it's less stressful. You get it? Like, when I was a kid, the draft was kind of weird for me. Because when your team is bad, you want them to have, like, a higher draft pick. You want them to have the highest draft pick as possible. Like, when you know your season's done, and this is going to be really hard for, like, players to understand on these teams. And coaches, who are coaching for their jobs. And, like, coaches and players do not want to lose games. Unless you're the Miami Dolphins and Steven Ross tried his best, but that's why you don't have a first-round draft pick this year. Your own first-round draft pick. Because I guess they traded away their first-round draft pick, which they got for the Niners and the sale for Trey Lance. And that pick's now going to Denver. But when your team's bad, you're sitting there like, I don't really want to keep going 7-9 or 6-10 because you're getting in that like 10-16 to 16 range. You don't want to be there. It's, that's NFL draft purgatory. And it sucks. Like, imagine being a team like in the NFC South this year 
where every single team has a losing record. One of those sorry-ass teams is going to win that division. And on one hand, you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. We just won the division. We're going to the playoffs. I did not expect that to be going into the season. Unless you're a Bucks fan, and that was the bare minimum expectations of making the playoffs. But when you make the playoffs as a 6-7 win team, you're what, what did you gain from that? You get to host a playoff game, so that's pretty fun. You're not expected to win anything. Like, I remember the last time I can remember a, a sub-500 team winning a playoff game was when the Seahawks beat the Saints and the Beastquake thing. Like, that was awesome. But I'm sure a lot of Seahawks fans out of there would have been like, oh, man, I would like a higher draft pick. So you have the sixth pick, sixth pick and or six wins and you win your playoff game, you're picking around 24. When instead, normally you'd be picking around 12. <laughs> so it's one of those weird situations like that. Like, I was having a discussion with my friends Andrew and Jared the other, other week. Like, would you rather go, like, if you're not going to make the playoffs, like the Packers, because Andrew's a Packers fan. We were talking about this in the Packers. I don't know what their record is exactly. But would you rather have your team, let's say you're sitting at 4-8 uh, and eight or something. Would you rather your team go around 500, so like 8-9 or 9-8, and eight, and not make the playoffs? Or would you rather, like, basically, if you're essentially, if you're essentially eliminated from playoff contention, I want them to be worse than be better. Like, I'm all about, like, you trying your hardest till the end of the season. I get that. I understand that. These players are playing for their jobs. Coaches are playing for their jobs. I get that. But I want to see some fun players coming to the draft as well. <laughs> so it's a, it's that weird dichotomy between fans and organizations and GMs and coaches because the GMs playing for the future, coaches playing for the here and now. That's what we talked about in the last show between the difference between John Lynch wanting Trey Lance and Ch- Kyle Shanahan wanting Mac Jones. But Kyle Shanahan says Mac Jones will be better for the here and now. John Lynch and everybody else seemingly in the 49ers organization, from what reports said, said that Trey Lance would be better long-term. And I agree with that, though we've seen Trey Lance play two and a half games in his NFL career so far, and he broke his ankle in one of those games. So time will tell on that one, but yeah, you sell out for your quarterback. When you're a team that's bad like the Bills have been all my life, like you want a quarterback. The Bills have had some bad ones. The Bills have had some bad ones. They've drafted some bad ones in the first round. Early second round as well. Like, J.P. Lossman, I found my, <laughs> well, I didn't find this. And this is a very long segue, I apologize for this. But my mom found my second grade uh, portfolio, which is where all you put all your work in at the end of the year, each semester, each trimester, whatever they call it, each quarter. I don't remember exactly what it is. But you put all your work in there from the school, from school that year. And this one, I was going through it, and I found this one in particular because I thought it was hilarious. May 29th, 2006. Logan, May 29, 2006. Summer vacation. So I spelled summer with one M, and then vacation was spelled V-A-C, so we started off strong, and then K-A-S-H-E-N. So we started off really strong. We got the first part right, and then we added a cashin at the end of that one. But I was consistent. I spelled it summer vacation at the second one, and I erased some stuff too. I don't know if I spelled stuff wrong or (laughs) if I spelled it right. I don't know. But I basically said I'm going to read it. How it's meant to be read, not how I spelled it. On summer vacation, I'm going to Buffalo, New York. I wasn't, so I don't know why I wrote that in there. <laughs> I'm going to Buffalo, New York. It is going to be awesome. A-S-O-M-E. So, you know what? We got we points for trying. Points for trying. And I am going to work with J.P. Lossman. He is their QB. We almost got there, right? We had T-H-I-R-E. We had the right use of there, the right there, there. But we had the E and the I switch around. He's their QB. On the day I have to leave, leave, L-E-V-E, I'm going to bring a friend with me. On the day I have to leave, I'm going to bring a friend with me. 
So you don't get to come the entire trip. You just get to come for the, you know, the the here and now. You get to come for the last day. And friend, uh, F-R-E-N-D. And when I'm there, I'm going, and I used, okay, I used the wrong there, there. I spelled it the same way. When I'm there, I'm going to get a J.P. Lossman QB Greasy. Uh, it's supposed to be Jersey, but I spelled it G-R-E-Z-E-Y. And it is going to be, where'd it go? It is going to be his, th- I don't even know what I was trying to spell here. Well, I know what it, it's throwback, but I spelled it T-H-I-E-R-O-B-A-C-K. Thereback. I was obsessed with the word there. I didn't have the right use. Of it. And then Jersey, I got the E, or, e and the R switched around, but still G-E-R-Z-E-Y. And it is going to be blue and red. It's going to be the best. I loved those Bills throwback jerseys. They, the Bills still rock throwback jerseys every now and again. They're rocking the red this week, which I'm kind of excited about. Red jerseys in the snow at night should look really cool. But the the Bills back then with J.P. Lossman, Trent Edwards rocked them for a little bit as well. They used to rock blue retro uniforms. They they would wear the white ones every once in a while, but the blue ones were where it was at. J.P. Edwards, geez, I combined the two greatest quarterbacks in Bills history, J.P. Edwards, J.P. Lossman, Trent Edwards. J.B. Lossman and Trent Edwards rocked those jerseys. Didn't really play that good in those jerseys, but they rocked the jerseys. I, I'm glad I spelled my last name right. I spelled my name right. Because you would be surprised. You'd be surprised. My my strength coach is at William Penn. Spelled my last name Blackmon. B-L-A-C-K-M-O-N. And it was like that for the first year I was there. And almost the entire sec- first semester of the second year I was there. <laughs> and it was on my it was right on my locker. It was not it was right on my locker. But then I found another page. Uh, this was the first one that I had, so the spelling got much better as it went on. Uh, Logan Blackman, about the author, Logan Blackman, my favorite, I spelled favorite, F-A-V-E-R-I-T, cooler, uh, C-U-L-E-R, pretty sure you could figure out his color, is blue. I like the hawk, I didn't put hawk eyes, but hawk. I like Pisa, P-E-Z-A, it is cool being me, still is, relatable Logan, back in 2000, this would have been 2005 at this point. And I love the Buffalo Bills this year. Y-E-R-E. And the Hawks. And the Dragons. That was my high school. This year. They are good teams. What the hell kind of spelling is that? I can't tell if I put an A or an E as the second letter. I think I tried to correct it. I think it was an A originally and I tried to connect it, correct it as an E. So it was T-E-M-E-S. That's teams. Uh, I like them all. So back in... 2005, 2006, second grade. I always struggle with remembering what, like, years, like, calendar year was out when I was in second or third or fourth grade, whatever. So now I have this. And, uh, yeah, J.P. Lossman Greasy. And uh, my favorite, I love the Buffalo Bills. I spelled, I spelled Buffalo. Okay, so I, I learned how to spell. Because on the sec- on my one in May, I spelled it with a U. That's the second letter. And my first one, I spelled with an O. So, you know what? We got better. We got better as time went on. But yeah, that was a old school <laughs> second grade Logan. But like that time, the Bills drafted J.P. Lossman in the first round. That was the same year of uh, the Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger draft. And it, clearly, J.P. Lossman and the Bills got the better, the best career out of all of them because he is current. He's on the Oklahoma staff, I believe. I believe he's on the Oklahoma staff. He was on the Clemson staff, and then Brent Venables, I believe, brought him to Oklahoma. I could be wrong about that, but I believe he's still there. J.P. Lossman looked at the part. He just uh, he didn't have it all, all together. And they drafted Trent Edwards in the second round. They drafted Marshawn Lynch in the first round, Trent Edwards in the second round. It's like on paper, the Bills drafted some exciting players. They just didn't draft anybody else or have the coaches to like help them out. He drafted C.J. Spiller. Lee Evans was on the roster for a little bit from Wisconsin. 
And Lee Evans, funny enough, they had the number 83, which is Andre Reid's number, honored. They never retired. So they unhonored it, I guess you could say, and gave it to Lee Evans, who did not do great in that jersey. <laughs> he, did, he had moments. He had moments. Who else did the Bills draft in, like, early, early rounds? Um, Oh, Aaron Mabin. Yeah, Bills fans know about Aaron Mabin. Probably the worst draft pick the Bills have had in the past 21 years. Uh, who else would be in there? That I'm trying. To, I'm trying to remember all the first round picks. Leotis McKelvin was a first round draft pick, I believe, from Rutgers. No, Troy, Troy, Troy. Uh, the only thing I really remember Leotis McKelvin for is returning the kick against the Patriots and fumbling it when the Bills had a chance to beat the Patriots in Foxborough, and uh, the Patriots won. And the Bills wore their retro uniforms that day too. So did the Patriots. Trent Edwards was the quarterback that game. Who else did the Bills draft around that time? Sammy Watkins traded up to number four to get him over um, a lot of really good receivers and Khalil Mack. That's always really fun. And but Khalil Mack being a Buffalo product, it would have been cool to have Khalil Mack there. Uh, EJ Manuel, I don't know if we brought up EJ Manuel or not. There has to be some other players that I'm just completely forgetting about. There should be a quiz that I could do that's like... So obviously, let's try it. You know what? Let's try this. Let's try this. Completely sidetracked of what we're going to talk about today. But so we have 2022, so this past year's draft. Who was the first round pick this year? Boy, Blake, Kyrie Elam. I wouldn't remember that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if you didn't remember Kyrie Elam was the Bills' first round draft pick this year. James Cook was the second rounder. And then Terrell Bernard was the third round draft pick. 2021, Greg Rousseau did not have one in 2020 because, again, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson trade. 2019 would have been. So Josh Allen was 2018, and so was Tremaine Edmonds. 2019, who would have been 2019? Did they have they had a first round draft pick that year? Because second round pick in 2020 was AJ Epineza. They drafted him a pick after Trayvon Diggs. So my dad and I both wanted Trayvon Diggs because obviously the brother Stefan Diggs would have been fun. Bills had a neat corner, still kind of do, but <laughs> but AJ Epineza was nice because he's from Iowa. Who was our first round pick in 2019? And I, I, I can't be blanking this hard, can I? 2019 was, um, who was the quarterbacks that year? That's usually what I do to remember. Kyler, oh, Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver. See, <laughs> Ed Oliver was the ninth overall pick that year. Kyler Murray went first, Daniel Jones sixth, Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace, went 15th. Josh Jacobs went 24, I think. Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen went seventh. Two people, same name, same draft pick, different teams. Cool stuff. 2018, again, Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds. 2017, this was the Mahomes draft. And the Bills, because my dad wanted Mike Williams. They did not get Mike Williams. This is Trey White. This is Trey White. Because they traded back with the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs took Patrick Mahomes. Bills took uh, Trey, Trey Tredavious White. It was Sean McDermott's first draft. He was basically controlling the draft. Brandon Bean wasn't there yet, so his first draft pick. The first draft pick of the uh, McBean era, really, was Tredavious White. Or I guess the McDermott. Well, the McBean era was was Josh Allen. But 2016, this was Jared Goff and Mar- uh, and Andrew Luck. A- Andrew Luck, what am I talking about? And Carson Wentz. Let's go over that. So the top ten was Zeke at three. Joey Bosa, no, Bosa 3, Zeke 4, Ramsey 5, 6 was Ronnie Stanley, 7 I believe was DeForest Buckner. Where would the Bills have even picked in that year? Uh, 2016, who was the my senior year of high school? It, it wasn't Shaq Lawson, was it? 
I don't think it was Shaq Lawson because I think Shaq Lawson was in 2015 from Clemson. He was drafted, I think, 17th overall. It was 2016. Shaq Lawson is the only one I can think of right now. I don't think it was Shaq Lawson in 2016. Is there somebody still on the Bills that I'm just completely blanking on? Because it's no offensive players because Josh Allen is the only first-round draft pick on the Bills offense, which is kind of cool. Uh, defense. Shaq Lawson's the only one I can think of right now. I think it's Shaq Lawson. I think it had to be Shaq Lawson, right? He was 2016 or 2015. I'm just completely blanking. I can't think of anybody else. Oh yeah, it was Shaq Lawson. 2015. This was the Mariota and Winston draft. And this draft, because uh, who would have been 2015? See how far back we can go. So we obviously know 2015 or 20. Uh, 13 was EJ Manuel. 20, okay, so this was Winston. Sammy Watkins was 2014. So they drafted him for EJ Manuel, I think. Yeah, because I was a sophomore in high school. Junior year. So it was Mariota Winston. Who else was drafted in 2015? I can't even, I'm blanking on like every single player of the 2015 draft. I don't even remember. It was in a concert hall. Mariota Winston. Did I watch that draft? Watkins was 14, Manuel was 13, 15. I I can't remember. I'm completely blanking on who the Bills' 2015 draft pick was. Maybe what? Maybe uh, well I know it's not because Watkins was taken the first round when Clowney was taken first. So I know it's not. He's not 15. I got 14 and 13 right. I cannot think of 15. So Winston was there. I'm on the page now, and I'm going to hold off a little bit. I'm going to try and guess again. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not going to waste your guys' time anymore. Who did they draft this year? Oh, that's why. They didn't have a first-round draft pick. That's why. Good Lord. I was like, I can't think of anybody in 2015. They didn't have a first-round draft pick that year. And I was working at High V during this draft because <laughs> I remember getting an update about the Chargers getting Melvin Gordon when I left. Who was the Bills' second-round draft pick this draft? Ronald Darby. That dude was supposed to be pretty good. And he was pretty good. He just battled the crap done injuries. Traded him to the Eagles for Jordan Matthews. Traded Sammy Watkins to the Rams for EJ Gaines. And, uh, yeah. And 2014, we said, was already – that was Sammy Watkins. No, that one. He got drafted fourth overall. EJ Manuel's 2013. He got drafted 16th overall. 2012, this was Andrew Luck and um, RG3, I believe. Yeah. 2012. Is there anybody? There was Tan- Tannehill was taken that year. He was eighth. The Bills were not good at that time. They're good enough to have a high draft pick, like really high draft pick. Not playoffs, obviously. 2012. I don't know. I think I. I think I'm. I think I'm probably done. Bills didn't draft a quarterback in the first round until Allen because they rotated a bunch. I mean, Manuel to Allen. This is before Manuel, so I don't even know why I said that. Was this Spiller? Spiller was 11, I think. I think Spiller was 11, so I take that back. He was drafted ninth. I remember that. He was drafted ninth overall. CJ Spiller was. This. You know what? This might have been Spiller. This might have been Spiller. But who else would it have been? If not C.J. Spiller, who else would it have been? Cyrus Quanjo, maybe. 
Uh, I don't even remember. I think Cyrus Quandra might have been an early second round pick. Now I'm thinking about it. Oh, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Stefan Gilmore. I should have known that. Yeah, yeah, 10th overall. I remember that draft pick. I remember that draft pick. I, I did watch this one. You wouldn't think I watched this one. <laughs> 11 was, I think this one was CJ Spiller at 9th overall. No, what, what? I'm completely lost. Oh, Marcel Darius. Wow. I'm all off my drafts. I'm going too fast for my own good right now. <laughs> I'm going too fast. Because if I said, yeah, Spiller was was 2010. If I said Cam Newton first overall, I would have known Von Miller because the battle was between Von Miller going to Denver or Buffalo. He said that, and that's been the whole thing since then. But, uh, yeah, I went too fast towards the end. I kind of just gave up and just started blurting out things. CJ Spiller. I remember watching the CJ Spiller one really vividly because we were in my nan and papa's basement. And my dad and I, well, my dad was really wanting off to tackle. Because the Bills had really crappy off to line for years. Still kind of do. So it was kind of like, oh, we just need an off to lineman. And they got C.J. Spiller, and you're like, oh, that's kind of exciting. That's kind of exciting. This is the same year they traded Marshawn Lynch to Seattle. So it was kind of like the beginning, of the, the end of Marshawn Lynch's tenure in Buffalo. So they kept Fred Jackson along. And Fred Jackson, one of the best Bills players through the drought era. But yeah, dad wanted a, an offensive tackle or an offensive lineman. Brian Balaga fell all the way to 23. I remember that was a little bit of a surprise back then. Mike Upati from Idaho. Can you imagine an Idaho player getting drafted in the first round nowadays? Ridiculous. I think they're an FCS school now. I don't even think they're on the FBS level anymore. Because I think the WAC is an FCS conference. <laughs> uh, Russell, there's some good tackles though. Trent Williams, Russell Kung in there. Anthony Davis, not so much. I'm pretty sure he retired after like. Yeah, he barely he played five years in the league. Yeah, he tried to yeah he tried to imply for reinstatement, didn't get it, and was released from the Niners injured reserve list twenty nineteen. So he was on the the Niners injured reserve list for about four years. So that's pretty impressive stuff. Never played, but yeah, that one didn't really work out. That one really didn't work out. Ryan Matthews was drafted that year as well. He had some really up and down years. On his best, he was really good. As worst, he was injured and fumbling all the time. Like every other year, he was good. Like, he had 600 yards and 1,000. 700, 1,200. And then 300, 500, 600, and then out of league. But when he was at his peak, Ryan Matthews was a pretty solid running back. Ryan Matthews was a pretty solid running back in his time. Especially at Fresno State. The dude was an absolute baller at Fresno State. Absolute baller. But, uh, wow, that was a really long-ass and pointless segment of Logan trying to prove how smart he is. Let's get into the mock draft, okay? And I didn't even prove anything. I didn't even prove anything. I got it wrong. So you guys can just stop listing the show now. You can stop listening to it because I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Okay, and then I think that's going to be verified when I say the first pick of the draft. <laughs> I think it's going to be verified, confirmed, everything by the time I get to the first pick. So I'm delaying it because I'm going to get roasted when I say it. Number one, so the Houston Texans had the first overall pick. We have a lot of teams that hold high draft picks that have traded picks. Well, like It's funny, like the Seahawks are picking second at Denver. The Lions have the Rams pick. They're picked fourth. If you had told me at the start of the season that these two teams, that these picks would belong to the teams that they traded their star player to, the Lions with Matt Stafford going to the Rams, Russell Wilson going to the Seahawks, or Denver, I would have thought the second pick was Seahawks pick, the Seahawks pick, and the 17th pick would be the Broncos pick. And that was going to be my low end of the Broncos. The Rams, 15 being the Rams pick, or the, like, the Rams are ridiculous. Both these teams stink. Both these teams stink. But number one, oh, we have Will Levis. And that, uh... That's what I was talking about when I said I'm pretty sure people 
will stop listening to the show once I say that I'm going Will Levis number one overall. And this is why, okay? So, I'm kind of trying to figure out how I want to articulate this to try and make it sound like I seem like I know what I'm talking about because you're going to just make, you're not going to listen to a word I'm saying right now. Will Levis, I think, is a really big benefactor from Josh Allen existing. And I think Will Levis will be one of those guys that wows people at the Combine. I think when you watch him throw at the Combine, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people have messes in their pants. There's a couple videos circulating Twitter right now, Will Levis throwing it, and people are already switching their opinions from what they thought throughout the entire season to now. I think Will Levis did not have the greatest season at Kentucky. When you look at what Will Levis was supposed to do versus what he did, like last year, Levis was a solid quarterback last year. Very solid quarterback. Put up decent numbers. He had like 23 touchdowns, 11 picks or something like that. This year, he cut down the interceptions by one, but he also missed a game in South Carolina, and he's not going to play in the bowl game either. And he had only 19 touchdowns. But on the same breath, we kind of, I'm not really surprised it happened because you look at his two best options for the season prior, both left. Wondell Robinson got drafted in the second round by the Giants, and their other receiver who I'm blanking on right now got was an undrafted for agent signing by, I think, the Browns. I don't know if he's still on the team or not, but... Yeah, we Levis is the is an interesting character in the NFL draft. He's going to divide opinions across all boards, and I'm sure a team like the Texans would love a guy would take a guy like Will Levis. And I think the other thing that really helps out Will Levis is his size, because I think when you look at the likes of Bryce Young, who is going to be competing with the number one overall spot, I don't really think Stroud's going to be up there for the number one spot. I kept thinking about it all week, and I was like, ah. No, I and I don't really think Stroud will get drafted even before Levis, regardless if it Levis is the first Levis is the first pick or the second pick, fourth pick, whatever. But after seeing some videos of Levis during these practices, and I, again, I'm not really a massive fan or a massive um, what do you call it? A massive oh my god, my opinion completely switched because I saw him in this. No, because anybody can look good thrown on air. I've said that the entire time we post the show. But I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing what I think could happen. Because if it was me. I'm taking Bryce Young first overall at this point in time. I think by the time we get to April, I think Will Levis will either be the number one pick in the draft or he'll be considered for the number one pick in the draft. And this also made it easier for me to figure out what was going to go on on four. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think Levis with his skill set, his size, his leadership, apart from the amazing coffee thing, people are raving about his work ethic at Kentucky. He was in a very... Weird system that was not set up to his strengths. You look at the other quarterbacks in this draft class, even Anthony Richardson to a certain extent, their offenses at Florida, Alabama, and Ohio State were geared towards the quarterback strengths. Kentucky was not. Kentucky was old-school, old-fashioned offense that ran five-step drops with a crappy O-line. They had some decent enough receivers like Dane Key, very solid receiver. He had a really good running. The, run, the offense was built around the running back. And maybe to some people, that's a big indictment on Will Levis. Why is the offense not built around him if he's this top quarterback in the draft class? Why is this the thing? Yada, yada, yada. Mark Stoops is an Iowa guy. Mark Stoops is like Kirk Ferentz. It's worked for this long. It ain't going to change like that. Now he'll do little nuances in there, allow Levis to run a little bit. But Levis got beat up every single time he dropped back. But I think Levis with his toughness, his arm strength, his size, his mobility, and the fact Josh Allen exists, I think he'll be going first overall. I, I think he'll be in the conversation. I think he already is, but I think there's a by the time April comes around, I don't think anybody should be surprised he goes number one overall. Like people at this point did say Trayvon Walker was going first overall last year. In December of 2021, no one said Trayvon Walker was going number one overall. Not one person. 
I remember Daniel Jeremiah had him going fifth overall to the Giants in a mock draft, and everybody lost their shit that he was going number one or number five overall, let alone number one overall, and then that it turned into a reality. Then everybody quickly changed their mindsets on it. But I think Levis will definitely be up there. Number two and three, I don't really think need much explaining. I don't really think neither. neither Bears obviously aren't going to draft a quarterback. They got number three. Seahawks, I thought Jalen Carter at two. Uh, he's probably the best overall player in the draft. There's some reported character concerns, but I don't even know what that means anymore because it's just a label to just throw on a random-ass player without any proof. Because I saw someone today, or uh, not today, yesterday, talk about Jalen Carter's quote-unquote character, character concerns. If there's not a police report or something along those lines, I don't really view like character concerns as a big thing. Or there's a video of someone doing something. Like a lot of these character concerns, I'm sure, from like missing a meeting or something like that. Or it could be something from that. But Jalen Carter's a game record. The Seahawks play a 3-4 front. He's gonna line up as a three tech on that defensive line. And Britt and Pete Carroll, being a defensive-minded guy, would love a defensive lineman like Jalen Carter. And then the Bears. We've talked about this before. When you're building a roster, your three pieces you start a roster with are quarterback, tackle, and edge rusher. Bears don't have a tackle right now. They have the quarterback. They don't have a tackle or edge rusher. This is too early to draft one of the tackles, and especially when a guy like Will Anderson's available who's a top-two player in the draft. You have to take Will Anderson there. You traded Robert Quinn. You traded Khalil Mack. You've got a big hold edge rusher. Bring in Will Anderson for that. Number four, Bryce Young. I think this is the only quarterback the Lions would take if he's available. I struggled with this one the entire time we were doing this. The Lions were the really the only team of screwing up everything because if they take a quarterback, that starts a whole conveyor belt of things that happen in regards to the quarterback position. If they don't take a quarterback, that opens up a lot more options in the draft at quarterback. But I think if the Lions take a quarterback, it would be Bryce Young. Because looking at like C.J. Stroud, that's not really a massive difference in regards to C.J. Stroud versus Jared Goff at the current stat. Like I think Jared Goff and C.J. Stroud are very similar-ish quarterbacks. Stroud might be a little more athletic. He doesn't utilize his athleticism at all, but he's a little more athletic than Jared Goff is. But other than that, they're pretty similar-ish quarterbacks. They can make every throw on the field. They don't have insanely strong arms. They're not saying they have bad arms or anything. And they both can look a little shaky behind a really bad offensive line or a, a struggling offensive line. There were times where Stroud at Ohio State this past year looked just off. Like against Iowa, he looked really off. The, the latter half of the season after the Iowa game, just looked off. Like, there was a portion of the season where I think he had 24 touchdowns the last half of the season. He had, like, 10 or 11. How many touch- I don't remember how many touchdowns he finished with. But he, his second half of the season was a lot worse than the start of the season. But I think Bryce Young, with his ability to get out of the pocket, to make plays with his feet, to allow receivers to get open, to avoid blitzers, to reverse fields. Yes, he's barely six foot, barely 190 pounds. I don't believe any of those measurements with Bryce Young. We'll see what he is at the combine, but he ain't that. He's not six foot. I refuse to believe that. And everything he does right now is on a line, but he'll get that. That'll be that'll be fine. I think Jared Goff would be a very nice teacher for Bryce Young. Bryce Young's a lot more talented than Jared Goff. Bryce Young might be the most talented quarterback in this draft class or in college football at least. Bryce Young's ridiculous. He's just small, so that'll be a little bit of an issue going into the draft. How people will view that because Kyler Murray not very not the biggest guy, but he's thicker than Bryce Young by quite some margin. Like, he's a lot heavier than Bryce Young is. But you look at what the Lions could do with him. They brought Jamison Williams in this past draft. You get him back with Bryce Young. Whew. Oh, boy. We're having some fun there in Detroit. Now, I did have an idea of Brian Bressy, the defensive tackle from Clemson, to partner Liam w- eh, McNeil in the middle of the defense. McNeil's a 325-pound defensive tackle. You have Aiden Hutchinson there. When you look at what uh, Brad Holmes has done throughout his career, not as a GM, but as an executive and stuff like that, as a scout, he came over from the Rams. When you look at what the Rams built their success on, it was with a strong defensive line. 
You look at Michael Brockers' first-round draft pick. You look at Aaron Donald's first-round draft pick. Michael Brockers now with the Lions. When the Rams invested heavily in their defensive line, the Lions brought Aiden Hutchinson in last year, and you could bring in someone like Bressy. But the problem with Bressy was he's got some injury concerns. He tore his ACL last season. He's missed some time this year. I think he had something wrong with his kidney or something, or he had an arm. I don't remember exactly what his injury was. But I can see that dropping him off a little bit. Maybe you go edge rusher here, but if Bryce Young's available, you take Bryce Young. I think with Lions fans, I think their two options right now are Jalen Carter and Bryce Young. I think those are the two things they want. If Bryce Young and Jalen Carter are both on the board, then I have no idea what they're going to do. So this makes it easier for me. Uh, number five, the Eagles taking Miles Murphy, uh, edge rusher from Clemson. He plays a D tackle as well, has that versatility like a lot of D- Clemson defensive linemen do. I think what helps with this one, the Eagles have a lot of, you know, Age, I guess you could say, in the middle of that defense. You've got Fletcher Cox, who's going to be 32. Nadamakin Sue's on the roster. Linval Joseph's on the roster. All older guys will be either leaving or retiring sometime here in the near future. On the edges, though, you got Brandon Graham and Robert Quinn, who are entering free agency, and Derek Barnett, who's a first-round draft from a few years ago, has been on a lot of injuries throughout his career. He's played 16 games one time throughout his career, and this is including 16-game seasons, not just 17-game seasons. He's on IR right now. So the Eagles, I think they're going to address something on the defensive line. And I think Miles Murphy with his versatility and his length, he's 6'5", probably 275, 280. I think that's a player that could work really well. And if you want to play him inside, you can partner up with Jordan Davis. And I don't think his quote-unquote lack of sex, he's not a natural D-tackle. He can work in as a D-tackle. But pairing him up with Jordan Davis, I think that would open up a lot of rush lanes for him in getting after the quarterback. So we'll see about that one, but I think Miles Murphy for the Eagles just makes sense. Number six, Arizona Carlos Peter Skaronsky, uh, off to tackle from Northwestern. Kyler Murray just tore his ACL. I know it was outside the pocket. I know he was scrambling, but the Cardinals off to line has been somewhat of a problem issue since Josh Rosen was there, and even before Josh Rosen was there, really. And Kyler Murray has been able to nullify a lot of the problems in this offensive line because of his mobility, but I think they still need to address some off to line issues. He had... um. Kelvin Beecham will enter, be entering free agency this offseason. You got DJ Humphreys, who's getting older. I think he's hurt as well. Battle some inconsistencies as well. They paid him a big-time contract, but now he's hurt. At least, I, again, I think he's hurt. I think he's hurt. But, yeah, the, the off-the-line needs to improve for the Cardinals. Again, it's needed it for a while. It's needed it for a while. I know, like, like the end, it's like replacing T, uh, TJ. J.J. Watt is going to be important to the Cardinals this offseason, I would imagine. Their secondary is not great either. But when you look at... And it's going to be big what, what they feel like Kyler's injury is. Because Kyler's going to be out for most of next year, if not all of next year. Like, Jaredavis Weaver, the Buffalo Bills, just got back, and he still doesn't look 100%. Like we're talking about a year away for Kyler Murray. I think they need to improve the offensive line for him once he gets back. Because uh, they're all, all their needs are kind of, like, similar. It's not like they have one greater than the other, like, significantly greater than the other. I think they could go anywhere, but I think old line's the first step there. Uh, and sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm a little out of breath right now, and I know I didn't I didn't mention this, but I had to drop my dog off at the vet. My dad called me while we were recording, and I just got back, and I'm a little out of breath because I just ran up the stairs, and I ran all the way here. Pretty much ran. I didn't even drive. just rode, drove all the way there. But uh, number seven, the Indianapolis Colts State, C.J. Stroud, they need a quarterback. Like They could go with an offensive lineman here as well because their O-line's been one of the worst in the league this year, which has traditionally not been the case. When you look at like, Clinton Nelson, you got Kelly on the line as well. Like they've always had a very solid off the line for him, but this year, for whatever reason, they can't block love or money. And I think having Matt Ryan there would be big for having a young quarterback come in. And I think C.J. Stroud, though I think somewhat limited in regards to like 
an insane like I think I think Levis and Young in regards to what they can be are greater right now than what CJ Stroud and I like CJ Stroud I do like CJ Stroud I think he's a very precise passer I just think when things break down he looks really uncomfortable but I think with the Colts I think having that run game having Matt Ryan there they're going to need to figure out the head coach but I think Jim Irsay given how the quarterback situation for the Colts has gone over the past five years I think he's going to want to finally get someone nailed down for the future the Colts have drafted two quarterbacks in the first round under Irsay like under Jim Irsay that's Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck they drafted, obviously drafted Jeff George. Uh, Art Schleister was in there as well. But, like, in recent memory, it's been Manning and Luck. That's it. Like, they need to get somebody there. I've heard them being linked with, like, Derek Carr or people like that. But just get a guy in there that you can develop, that you can mold, that can be your guy for the long term. Uh, number eight, speaking of Derek Carr, the Las Vegas Raiders, taking Tyree Wilson, edge rusher from Texas Tech. Uh, Chandler Jones has not been – he's been inconsistent. He's getting older. And Cleveland Furl – has done next to nothing since being drafted fourth overall back in 2020 or 2019. Sorry, one of the strangest, one of the most surprising draft picks I can remember. I remember sitting there during the draft and was like, I saw them linked with Cleveland Furl, but I didn't think he'd be going fourth overall. I did not think he'd be going fourth overall. No one thought he'd be going fourth overall. But that was kind of the the theme with the Mike Mayock, John Gruden era in Vegas or Oakland at the time. Like, Cleveland Farrell overdrafted. Alex Leatherwood overdrafted. Uh, Jonathan Abram got cut this year. Like, those three guys, like, I think the past however many drafts, uh, Damon Arnett being another one, the cornerback from Ohio State. Um, Henry Ruggs arrested. I know that had nothing to do with his on-field performance, but off-field, arrested. Like, the only draft pick that worked out in that era has been Josh Jacobs, who took till this year and not getting his fifth-year option picked up to realize his potential. Now he's leading the NFL in rushing by like 200 yards or something over Derrick Henry. I think off to line could be an option here. There's some loose chance they could get a quarterback, depending on what they do with Derek Carr. But the defense needs help. The defense desperately needs some help. There's no reason you should be allowing a 98-yard drive against Baker Mayfield in his second day or day, day first day with the Los Angeles Rams, essentially. You cannot allow that to happen. Jerry Tillery, not great. Coming off the edge. Didn't like him when he got drafted by the Chargers in 2019. Don't like him now. They just need another option outside of Max Crosby. The D-line in general just needs help. And I think Tyree Wilson could be a guy to help rectify the Raiders' defense line. Because they need some help on defense. Their defense is not very good. Uh, number nine, Carolina Panthers, Anthony Richardson. I think ceiling-wise, Anthony Richardson might have the highest ceiling in this draft. But you can kind of say that about every single big project piece in every single draft ever. Like, I think Anthony Richardson, like, just how effortlessly he throws the football how big he is, how athletic he is, but he's really – he's only had one year, really, of starting. He started a few games last year when Emory Jones would go down for a little bit, whether it was bad play or getting injured. Anthony Richardson would come and look good, but he wasn't – he could never hold down that starting job because he got hurt against USF at the end of the game. He had 100 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, and then Emory Jones came back in after Richardson was announced that he was hurt because he was going to start the next game. Emory Jones came back in and balled out, and Emory Jones kept the starting job for pretty much the entire season. Anthony Richardson is a very, very, very talented quarterback. And David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, is probably getting sick and tired, similarly to that of Jim Irsay, of trying and failing at getting quarterbacks. Because the Carolina Panthers, back in 2021, they passed on Justin Fields to get J.C. Horn. Now, there was a lot of links with the Panthers and J.C. Horn at the time, so it wasn't really surprising that they did that. They were linked with J.C. Horn and Rashawn Slater, tackle from Northwestern, who would eventually get drafted by the Chargers at 13. 
But passing on Justin Fields there has proved big because they have gone through every single way to try and replace Cam Newton. Even bringing back Cam Newton to replace Cam Newton didn't even work. Well, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater. They brought drafted Will Greer. They brought in Baker, Sam Darnold. Um, who PJ Walker's been there. Is there anybody else I met? They drafted Matt Corral, but he had Liz Frank surgery, so he's done for the year. Which we don't know how good Matt Corral could have been if he actually played this year, but he got hurt in preseason. There's probably some more I'm think I'm completely forgetting about, but they need to figure out the quarterback position. And Darnold, I don't think is a long-term answer for the Carolina Panthers, but I think he could be a nice bridge quarterback to allow Anthony Richardson to develop underneath him, show him what's not <laughs> to do. But I like Anthony Richardson a lot. I've kind of like this is where the Lions pick gets interesting because I think the Colts and Panthers and uh, the the Texans are guaranteed to draft quarterbacks. I'm fairly confident in saying those three teams are drafting quarterbacks. The Lions, on the other hand, I'm not sure what they're going to do. So the Lions drafting a D tackle that would allow two quarterbacks to slide to seven and nine, and Anthony Richardson falls to wherever. Maybe the Giants at 23. I think is their next pick. Maybe he falls to Washington at 22. I don't know. It was just the big question mark around Anthony Richardson at that point, if the Lions draft a quarterback or not. I think there will be four quarterbacks taken in the first round, so there's a spoiler. Hendon Hooker's not in the first round. Bo Nix, Jaron Hall, uh, who else could be? Uh, Tanner McKee, Jake Hayner. These guys are not drafted in the first round. But I think those four are almost locks to go in the first round. Anthony Richardson could fall anywhere from the top of the draft to the bottom half of the first round. So we'll have to see. I don't think he'll fall to the second round because there's some people that think he might. Like, comparing him to Malik Willis, Anthony Richardson is more physically gifted than Malik Willis was and played for a bigger school, played against better competition, and played well against said better competition, played really well against Tennessee. Played well against Tennessee. Threw for, like, 400 yards, lost the game on the road, but played well. Played well. Played well against Georgia and Spurts as well. Like, they're, that's the thing, though. He played well in Spurts. I think Anthony Richardson, when you watch him throw, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe he just did that. And on the same time, you could look at something else he does and go, wow, I can't believe he just did that in a negative light. I think running the ball, throwing the ball, I think he's very effortless with what he does. He just needs the proper coaching, so the Panthers will need to ace this head coaching hire. Uh, number 10, the Atlanta Falcons. I have Brian Bressy from Clemson D-Lineman. They need some pressure from the D-line. The Falcons have had a bad pass rush for the better part of three years now, finishing last in the NFL in sacks last year. They're currently last in the NFL in sacks this year. They drafted D'Angelo Malone and Arnold Ebiketti in the second and third, I think third round with D'Angelo Malone last year. So they have options, but their D-line's struggling. I would not be shocked if they drafted Bijan Robinson here because you look at the, the whole landscape of the NFL, the entire landscape of the NFL, you go through all 32 teams, there is one team that has a starting run that's over the age of 30, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. Cordero Patterson, I think, will be 33 by the time next season starts, which is not ideal. I'm not saying Cordero Patterson can't keep playing until that, that long, but I'm sure Arthur Smith, being a run-first coach, would love a guy like Bijan Robinson a part of his offense. And when you look at what the Falcons have done over the past couple of years, when they've had these glaring knees at pass rusher, they have opted to go for skill positions in offense. They drafted Kyle Pitts fourth overall. They drafted uh, Drake London last year. Like They've had this need for skill positions, but their needs are greater on the defensive side of the ball. So I would not be shocked if they went with uh, Bijan Robinson there at 10. But Brian Bressy, like we talked about a little bit ago, uh, had some injury concerns, which is why I think he'll fall a little, a little bit. Towards ACL had some other things going on inside as well. But he has a high ceiling to be a good pass rusher from a three-tech position. I don't think he'll be a nose guard in this defense. The Falcons, of course, play a 3-4 defense. Bressy is a very good run defender, which just comes with the territory of Clemson defensive linemen. You look at all the defensive linemen Clemson's had over the years, under Dabo Sweeney, under Brent Venables. I mean, Brent Venables is not there now, but like you get what I'm saying. Having those D linemen dominate the run game is just like their thing. 
Like, all the Clemson defense linemen, regardless of what they can do in the pass game, because Clarence Farrell cannot do anything in the pass game, they're really solid at stopping the run. You look at Christian Wilkins, you look at Dexter Lawrence, you're going to see Miles Murphy, you're going to see Brian Bressey. Cleveland Farrell can stop the run. when he, Sometimes Shaq Lawson's pretty solid at stopping the run. It's just a Clemson thing. Uh, number 11, Jacksonville, Quentin Johnston. And then we have Jordan Addison going to Houston at 12 wide receivers back-to-back. It's weird not having wide receivers in the first round. We talked about this a couple shows ago about if this receiving class is disappointing. I think that was a question on ESPN's 30 question thing that we did last Friday. And I don't think it's disappointing, but it's not as star-studded as it once was in the past. Like, there's no Jamar Chase. There's no uh, – who else are there? What are their options? There's no Garrett Wilson. There's no Drake London. Like, this is not a – wow, we got to trade up to get this guy. Like, the, the Dolphins trade up to get Jalen Waddle. So you got these guys here that are very, very intelligent. Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, two completely different wide receivers. Quentin Johnson's a big dude. Playing wide receiver can out-jump and outrun almost every single defender covering him. I think it's high-pointing the ball is second to none in this draft. I think that's why he'll be the first wide receiver taken. Just his size and ball-playing ability is just ridiculous. And Jordan Addison, he's not the, like, he's not a straight-line burner, but he loses people fairly easily. And he also, though he's only six feet, he's about three inches shorter than Johnston, can high-point the ball very well. He plays a lot like Stephon Diggs. Plays a lot like Stephon Diggs. He didn't put up the same numbers that he did at Pitt a year ago where he put up 1,500 yards, only had around 870 or something this year. Touchdowns went down as well, but the dude is still a very, 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 very talented receiver. And you draft your quarterback with the first pick, might as well get him a weapon with their second pick. The Teams do teams do this all the time when they draft their quarterback. They get him a weapon. If they have two first-round picks or have a pick later in the draft, they'll get him a weapon. Like the Bills, when they had J.P. Lossman, they drafted Lee Evans first. And J.P. Lossman went 22nd. J, uh, Lee Evans went 14th. I think. And then you had the Bengals with Andy Dalton and see um AJ Green. AJ Green went, I think, fourth overall. Andy Dalton won the second round. So you have this a lot, or not a lot, but you see teams try to do this as much as possible. You see the Bengals draft Joe Burrow, get T. Higgins. Like you try to get a quarterback with a receiver drafted the same year so they could get that chemistry from the jump. So I think that's what the Texans should do with Jordan Addison there, or Quentin Johnson, depending on which one's available. Uh 13, the Steelers, Paris Johnson Jr. They drafted Kenny Pickett last year. O-line stinks. They need to get some off the line in there. Paris Johnson's a former guard, but he's got the natural size of a tackle. It's kind of funny. Peter Skronsky, I don't think, has ever played guard before, and he's six foot four. and people say he can move inside to guard, and Paris Johnson has played guard, and people say he's the prototypical left tackle in today's NFL, which is just funny how things work out like that. The dude that's actually played guard is not considered a guard piece. But the Steelers just need help in the O-line. You draft a quarterback, your first sign of belief in the quarterback is drafting an off lineman or getting a weapon or some sort, something like that. And it would also help Najee Harris. Because when the Steelers drafted Najee Harris in 2021, they, Steelers fans were screaming for offensive lineman. They had a mass exodus of offensive lineman that offseason and didn't really do anything to replace him. So I think this is the time you go back and you look at Paris Johnson. I think Joey Porter Jr. is an option. Steelers great. Uh, played for the Steelers for a long period of time. His son... Now cornerback of Penn State. Steelers one of the weaker points in their defense in their cornerback position. So maybe you reignite, you bring Joey Porter Jr. to a place where his dad played. I don't know. Maybe because the NFL loves stuff like that. Uh, the Packers at 14, Michael Mayer, tied in for Notre Dame. Robert Tanyan is a free agent this offseason and has battled a ton of injuries in his time there. I think the receivers are fine for the Packers. I know everybody's going to scream for wide receivers for the Green Bay Packers, but I think they're just really young. Like I think Christian Watson, I think Romeo Dobbs are very, very good options out at wide receiver. I just think they need time. Romeo Dobbs is out currently, and Christian Watson's just been on a tear recently. I think he's got eight touchdowns in the last four games or something like that. It's ridiculous. 
So I think the receivers are fine. They could go out to line here. They could go edge rusher. Paris, or Preston Smith, I believe, is going to be a free agent this offseason. You also got Rashawn Gary coming off an ACL injury. So maybe that's an option there. But I think Michael Mayer is the safest pick out of those guys. His nickname is Baby Gronk, and he comes in that similar mold of he's a very good run blocker. Still needs some work. He's not as dominant at run blocking as Gronkowski or George Kill or something like that. But he's a very good receiver. He'll give the Packers a legit red zone target. And key thing, he's healthy. At the time being, knock on wood. Uh, Lions 15, Joey Porter Jr. Need horn, they need corner help. Their defense stinks. They need secondary help. Joey Porter Jr., in my opinion, is the best corner in the draft. Pretty simple. And it's kind of funny. Dan Campbell has put a roster of coaches together of all former players. Or not all former players, but a lot of them are former players. Like I just found out yesterday JT Barrett's on the coaching staff of the Lions. I did not know that. But you got like Mark Brunel on the team. Aaron Glenn's the defensive coordinator. Kelvin Shepard is on the team. So you got a lot of coaches there that have played. Dan Campbell's played in the NFL. Their old line coach, I can't remember what his name is, but he's played in the NFL. So why not get a son of a former NFL player here with your second pick? Just makes sense, don't it? Uh, 16, the Chargers, Lucas Van Ness from the University of Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, Brandon Staley was the defense coordinator for the LA Rams for one season. As the defense coordinator of the Rams for one season, I'm sure he saw the importance of building a solid foundation from the defensive line. Lucas Van Ness is projected to be an outside edge rusher in a 4-3 defense. For Iowa, he kind of fluctuates between 3-tech and D-end. Kind of fluctuates between both. Powerful enough to play both. He's about 6'5", 275, 280. So he's got the size and versatility to do that, and the Chargers play a 3-4 defense. You got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on that outside. The rest of the D-line, though, for the Chargers, you got Sebastian Joseph Day, who they brought over from the Los Angeles Rams. Other than that, they don't really have a lot of options there. Defensively, they should be very good, or should have they have pieces to be good. J.C. Jackson should have been playing better this year before he got hurt. Derwin James, very good. We obviously talked about Bosa. They got Kyle Van Noy there. Uh, Drew Tranquil at linebacker. Uh, Sante Samuel Jr. is there. But I think they need some help along the defensive line because they've they've done a lot with the offense, and rightly so. I mean, they drafted Zion Johnson last year. Uh, they could look at a wide receiver this year as well, but I think that defense will be the number one priority for the Chargers right now because I think offensively, they're set. I think the, some of the wide receivers they have coming up are very good. I Again, I could see them getting a wide receiver. If one just pops up, I don't think they'll move, but Lucas Van Ness will be a very nice pick for them. Very powerful. Nickname Hercules. I think a dude with a nickname Hercules just destined to play in L.A. That's just how I'm seeing it. Uh, 17 Seattle Seahawks, Brian Branch. Very versatile. He's plays that star role for Alabama, which is basically just safety, corner, linebacker. He plays everything. He's not afraid of contact, which you really can't play in that position. He's only six foot 193, I think he's what he is. 194, somewhere around there. Same size as Bryce Young, apparently, even though he looks a lot bigger than Bryce Young. Yeah, he can just play everywhere. They currently, the Seahawks, they have a couple really good young corners. They got Kobe Bryant and obviously Tarek Woolen, who's the leading vote getter for the Pro Bowl for corners in the NFC side of things. Sauce Gardner for the Jets on the AFC side of things. The rookie corners are playing really well. Tarek Woolen has six interceptions this season. And Kobe Bryant's played a lot of nickel corner this year. But I think adding Brian Branch would allow him to go outside. You've got one of the best young tandems at corner. In the NFL, one best trios, according to the NFL. And then you also got Quandre Diggs, who's going to be 30. Jamal Adams is going to be 28. So you're looking at potentially replace them in the long term as well at the safety position. But I think just having a player like Branch gives you a lot of versatility, and that's something that Pete Carroll really likes. I blanked on his name for a little bit. Uh, 18, the New York Jets, Broderick Jones from Georgia, the offensive tackle. Apparently, and they've been saying this for a little bit now, that they are fed up with Mekhi Becton getting hurt all the damn time. <laughs> I don't know if his attitude stinks as well, but he's been hurt a lot. He got drafted in 2020. He hasn't played the past two seasons due to various knees injury, knee injuries. 
I think if you're the Jets and Joe Douglas, who's a former offensive lineman, I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be, but they need to figure out something on the offensive line. They're very thin along the offensive line. It's not a terrible O-line starting-wise, but it's very thin. I think getting a guy like Broderick Jones to sure up one of the tackle spots would be very smart for them. Uh, 19, the Buccaneers taking Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, transferred from Colorado, and has just absolutely balled out this year. He probably has the best hands out of all the corners in, these dra- in this draft, at least out of the first round, guys. Very natural hands. Uh, technique was a little varied coming into this season, but he looked really good against Colorado earlier this year. Got two interceptions against them. And, yeah. Got the natural size. Bucks have a hole at corner. They're going to have uh, Sean Murphy bunting, and uh, there's one more. Crap, who is it? Um, blanket. There's one other corner they have that's going to leave on free agency or could leave in free agency. So getting a guy there and Christian Gonzalez would be very smart for them. And Todd Bowles, the defensive guy, I think he'd love a guy like him. Tennessee Titans, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. The only team that has less receiving yards from the wide receiver positions is the Chicago Bears. The Titans that need something out wide. They drafted Traylon Burks after trading A.J. Brown, which saw John Robinson get canned because the trade failed so miserably because Traylon Burks hasn't stayed healthy. I think Traylon Burks, when healthy, is a very, very good option at wide receiver, but he just hasn't been healthy. He got knocked out of the game against the Eagles. He's had a few good games in a row, and then he gets hurt. Has a few good games where he gets hurt. So maybe getting Jackson Smith and Jigba would scare a lot of Titans fans because of the injuries to wide receivers that they've had recently. A.J. Brown battled some injuries throughout his time in Seattle, in, uh, in Tennessee. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a pick that they should make. I could see, like, offensive lineman being a thing here. Taylor won out for the season with an ACL injury. He's getting older, too. So maybe you look at uh, offensive lineman there. Maybe you look at corner. The secondary has been pretty up and down in regards to staying healthy. They drafted Caleb Farley a couple years ago. Uh, during the 2020 NFL draft, but he hasn't really done a whole lot to this point. So maybe that's an option, but I think receivers, they're number one need at this point in time. And then while we're on the topic of corners, uh, the New England Patriots 21 corner, Keely Ringo. Ringo's got two of the more impressive intercepts of this season. He got an interception against Will Levis and an interception against Hendon Hooker. So just off that alone, he should be taken a lot higher. And he got the game-winning interception against Alabama in the national championship game, returning it for a touchdown, sealing Georgia's first national championship since, I think, 1980. But the Patriots, they uh, they didn't really replace J.C. Jackson. They got a couple good young corners. Marcus and uh, crap. Jack Jones? I'm blanking a little bit on their names. Marcus is one of them, but I can't remember the other guy. And then you've got... I'm just completely blank. Jaden Mills as one of the corners. They're going to need to replace Jaden Mills who's getting a little bit older. I think getting a number one corner there and Kelly Ringo. And I think playing under Belichick where he would be able to refine his technique tenfold. Like, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Stephon Gilmore in Buffalo was good. He became great when he went to New England. He became good to great like that. That's what happens when you play under the greatest defense coordinator of all time. That's what it tends to happen. You start your development kicks up a notch and he eventually won defensive player of the year. Kelly Ringo has all the potential to be that level, and he gets drafted by Belichick. I think he could definitely get there. Uh, the Washington Commanders uh, taking Cam Smith. They need some help at corner. Off the line was an option here, but they just need some help at corner. I, I'm going to try and run through these a little bit faster. I don't want to spend too much time on the, the rest of the draft. But 23, I have beaten back and forth with this one, and I ended up going with Clark Phillips. They need some help in the secondary. Need some help in the secondary. I think Clark Phillips from Utah, very physical guy. I think he'd be good for a second. They need to replace James Bradbury, who they traded or let go. I don't remember which one, but he's on the Philadelphia Eagles now. They need to replace him. Wide receiver's an option. Linebacker's an option. O-line's an option. They have options. 
But I think corner is probably your best bet here for the, the New York Giants. Denver Broncos, we got Jared Burse, edge rusher from Florida State. He plays in the Fox role for Florida State. who play a 4-3 defense, but he's a stand-up outside DN in a 4-3 defense. And he just makes plays. He's a transfer from Albany. He's just all over the field, whether it's sacking the quarterback, making plays in the run game, or blocking field goals like he did against LSU. The dude can do literally everything. Well, the Ravens at 25, uh, I contemplated corner here. I really contemplated corner here. And this might, again, this might change by the time this comes out tomorrow or when you're listening to it. Maybe it's a little different. But number 25, B. John Robinson. I think if you look at J.K. Dobbins, he just doesn't look good. He looks off. He's had a lot of injuries since coming to the league. He tore his ACL last year. He's battled a lot of injuries this year. He had a really good game last week. But when you look at the Ravens in their screen game, I think J.K. or B. John Robinson would be perfect for the Baltimore Ravens in their pass game. Not just the run game. I think he'd be great in the pass game. He's the best. Out of all the running backs, he's clearly, clearly the best running back in this draft class. His ability to break tackles, his ability to get open in the pass game. He's a hands catcher, which is very important. Don't want to be a body catcher because you don't want the ball to get uh, bounced off his chest or anything. Very good running back. I think the Ravens could use him. Uh, 26 is Cincinnati Bengals, Darnell Washington. You can see this with Cincinnati. They want to keep building around Joe Burrow. They let C.J. Ozama go to the New York Jets in free agency. They brought in Hayden Hurst from Atlanta. But Hayden Hurst will be a free agent this offseason. I think Darnell Washington, coming from a pretty balanced team in Georgia, though they're more run-heavy than the Bengals, the Bengals with their rush attack with Joe Mixon, Shimaji Pirine, and then giving them a red zone target because Zach Taylor likes to throw it on the reds in the red zone. I think having a six foot seven, two hundred seventy pound tight end would be freaking monstrous for them in the red zone as well, making bigger holes in the run game as well for Joe Mixon. Uh, Twenty seven Dallas Cowboys Devon Witherspoon again, physical, instinctive corner. Need a partner for Trayvon Diggs. This is an option there for him. I think wide receiver could be an option as well because they brought in T Y Hilton this off season because they got out of the Odell Beckham off season. Uh, a couple days ago because <laughs> they got out of the Odell Beckham Jr. thing because they didn't want to sign him to a long-term contract that he was looking for without a workout. He apparently wasn't as healthy as what everybody thought he'd be. So maybe wide receiver's an option here, but I think corner is probably their biggest need right now. I think edge rusher could be an option here as well, or linebacker too. Uh, the Chiefs and Vikings back-to-back of wide receivers. Got Jalen Hyatt going to the Chiefs at 28 and Zay Flowers from Boston College going to the Vikings at 29. Vikings, we'll start with them. Cornerback's going to be an option there, but I think they got a lot of good young players in the secondary. Or not a lot, but they've got some good young pieces in the secondary. Uh, who are they? Andrew Booth and Lewis Seen are both solid options, but they're both hurt. They're both on IR. Patrick Peterson's 32 and a free agent, but I think uh, Andrew Booth will be back and better next year. And I think Zay Flowers would give them that option in the slot to eventually replace Adam Thielen. We'll see if that actually takes place. Adam Thielen's going to be 33 next season. So getting a wide receiver to eventually replace him, I think Zay Flowers and Justin Jefferson will be very, very, very good one-two combination there. Uh, number 28, Jalen Hyatt. He's got ludicrous speed. If you haven't seen Spaceballs, I recommend it. He just flies. Absolutely flies. I don't think the wide receiver is the number one option on the Chiefs board right now, but I think if Jalen Hyatt became available, I don't think they'd think twice at it. I think off to tackle, I think where the potential, potential of Orlando Brown leaving in free agency is big. Or ask for a trade or something. I don't remember if he's afraid. But the contract stuff hasn't been going great with Orlando Brown recently. Or an edge rusher. With Carlos Dunlap getting older, maybe an edge rusher here. Maybe like a Zach Harrison from Ohio State. Or Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. Or Nolan Smith from Georgia. Players like that. Maybe we're looking at those here. But with Jalen Hyatt available, I find it hard to believe they'd pass him up here. Uh, And then 30, the Buffalo Bills. Osiris Torrance. Interior off the lineman from Florida. I like Ryan Bates. I like Roger Saffold to a certain extent, but uh, they need some upgrades on the off the line. 
Bills need to invest in the offensive line. The Bills O-line, if Josh Allen wasn't as big and athletic as he is, I'm pretty sure the Bills would be up there in regards to the top sack leaders in the NFL. That's just how I view it. I think that Josh would definitely appreciate it, and I think the Bills' big issue in regards to the running game isn't necessarily the running backs. It's more of the O-line doesn't know how to run block. I remember talking about this a year or so ago. Mitch Morse at center is one of the best pass-blocking centers in the NFL. He's one of the worst run-blocking centers in the NFL. Like, they need some beef on the offensive line to help in run blocking. Torrance is 6'5", 345 or something like that. He's a monster. So get someone like that in there would be really big for the Buffalo Bills moving forward. And then 31, the Eagles, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, They tried to trade for Alvin Kamara a couple weeks ago. Jameer Gibbs' comp for the draft is Alvin Kamara. Six foot, 200-plus pounds, can catch the ball in the backfield. Didn't reach 1,000 yards rushing, but managed to lead Alabama in receptions this year. Like, Jameer Gibbs is would be perfect for the Philadelphia Eagles offense. There's a reason they tried to trade for Kamara. This one's just a lot cheaper. You didn't need to trade up for him. You didn't need to do anything for him. You need to give any picks up for him. You just take him, and then you got your guy. I don't think the Eagles would go after a running back with a fifth pick, but I think they could go with one in the first round, especially since Boston Scott and Miles Sanders are free agents this offseason. And Miles Sanders' time in Philly has been very up and down, whether it's with injuries or inconsistent play or whatever. I think Miles Sanders is solid, but I think they could definitely upgrade on him. So that is my mock draft, first preseason, pre-bowl season mock draft we have done. And the big discussion is obviously going to be between Levis and Young. And I'm not saying this is how I view them per se, but it's how I think like NFL scouts will view it. I'm sure they're going to be asking themselves, would you rather have Josh Allen or Kyler Murray? I'm pretty confident that's like the question that's going to be asked. Long-term success in the NFL, I think NFL scouts are going to go with the bigger guy. Especially given how we've talked about before, the NFL is a very what have you done for me lately thing. What's worked lately. It's a copycat league. All the old adages you could use to describe the NFL, that's what it is. And Will Levis being the bigger, stronger, more, and I don't know, more athletic, but he's for his size, he's very athletic compared to Young. I don't know. I think I think Levis will go first overall at this point in time. If we had to fast forward to, to April... I would not be surprised if Levis wound up being number one. I wouldn't be surprised if Levis got taken at seventh or ninth. Like, I wouldn't be surprised wherever Levis lands. I don't think Bryce Young falls past Detroit, or four. Regardless of Detroit's picking there or not, I don't think he falls out of the top four. Like, Bryce Young's too good. Regardless of his size, Bryce Young is really good. If Bryce Young was, like, a couple inches taller and a few pounds heavier, we wouldn't even be having a discussion right now. But... The facts are he's not very big. And this is not me slating Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young right now is the best quarterback in the draft. I think this. Mock drafts are not made for what Logan would do. Mock drafts are made for what I think that the teams would do. Okay? It's not necessarily what Logan would do. Because if Logan would do it, I don't know how I'd do it. Because I don't think, I don't try, I try not to think about it like that. But uh, that is uh, the mock draft for you. Only talked about it for a half hour. That's pretty impressive. For us. <laughs> that's, that's pretty damn impressive for us. But while we're sticking with the NFL, might as well go over some uh, some games that are going on this weekend. So we obviously got the Bills and Dolphins taking place Saturday. We got a few games on Saturday. We got a game tonight between the Niners and the Seahawks. Brock Purdy is expected to play. So you will know what happens in this game. I will not. But the Niners are three and a half point favorites in this game. I think they can clinch the division if they win this game. I think I saw that right. They can clinch the division if they win. Which will be cool. We're not going to do a name game for that one because that game's going on tonight. Don't need to sell that one to you, so we're not going to do that one. But on Saturday, we got Colts-Vikings. Colts-Vikings, we will call... Huh. 
suspect O-line play bowl. But that's weird. Like, the Vikings O-line hasn't actually been that bad. Like, Christian Darisol has actually been playing really, really well this year. Um, what other, what other names can we call this? I don't know. I think that's where we're going to keep it at. Ravens and Browns. Uh, <laughs> the Mayflower Bowl. Because, or not Mayflower, no, that was Indy. That was Baltimore going to, uh, to Indy. Because they brought, they loaded up the Mayflower Vans when the Colts relocated to Indianapolis at the middle of the night. This one is the Art Modell Bowl. So Art Modell moved the the Browns to Baltimore. The Browns are indeed coming to Baltimore. Look at that uh, little clip. Bills Dolphins. Those are seven-point favorites. Going to be some snow, apparently, in this game, which will be really cool at night. Bills are rocking the red. Bills can clinch the, the spot in the playoffs if they win tonight. Division, no, but playoffs, yes. And be really funny from the Dolphins to go from the best team in the NFL to potentially out of the playoffs and being eight and six. I think it'd be kind of funny. <laughs> uh, What, the setting the world right bull? That one could bite me in the ass, but that's what we're going to call it. Going on the Sunday, Bears-Eagles. Oh, uh, running quarterback bowl. Both teams have very, very good running quarterbacks. Both teams will have quarterbacks that make the Pro Bowl or should at this point. Justin Fields is, what, uh, 95 yards away from 1,000 yards a season? Two very, very talented quarterbacks. Not just running the ball, but throwing the ball as well. They both played really well. Justin Fields looked really good in his last game against the Packers. So see how he does against the Eagles. I'm not expecting a whole lot from Fields this game. <laughs> but maybe they surprise us. Uh, Falcons-Saints. What do I got? Falcons Saints. The player backup quarterback bowl. Because <laughs> I don't, like the the Falcons are playing Desmond Ritter. They needed to play him. I, I think the Saints just go back to Jameis. I don't know if <laughs> Andy Dalton's really the guy for the New Orleans State at this point in time. Jets Lions. The potential playoff push bowl. What the hell is this game? It's just that's weird. That's a weird one there. Lions or Steelers and Panthers. What is this bowl game going to be called? Um, I don't know. The five and eight bowl. I I got no idea. Oh, we almost drafted Kenny Pickett bowl because both these teams were linked with Kenny Pickett. The Steelers drafted him. The Panthers did not. I don't know if Pickett's going to play. Left the game last week with a concussion, so we'll see if he does anything this week. Cowboys and Jaguars. I don't know if this still stands, but I think it's kind of funny just to say this. The We have more playoff wins than the Cowboys the last 20 years bowl with the Jaguars. I don't know if that's still true, but it was true at one point. Chiefs-Texans, the battle for Houston. like uh, Or battle for Texans name. Because I'm pretty sure the Chiefs were the Dallas Texans. Pretty sure they were the Dallas Texans. And then they moved to Kansas City, and the Texans became the Texans down in Houston. So I think that's how we'll call it that one. We got the Chargers and Titans. The oh we had we almost traded for Marcus Mariota Bowl or we traded for Marcus Mariota Bowl because the Chargers and you don't remember this back in 2015 were linked with the number two overall pick Ken Wisenhunt became the uh, the head coach for the Tennessee Titans Rivers had one of his best seasons with Ken Wisenhunt as no C so they were linking those two back and forth about oh the Titans are going to trade Rivers to the Chargers Mariota is going to go to San Diego it's all going to work out and it did not happen did not happen uh, Cardinals and Broncos which coach gets fired first bowl Cliff Kingsbury and Nathaniel Hackett. Patriots, Raiders, Tuck Rule Bowl. I mean, it's obvious. Uh, Bengals and Bucks. The we thought this game would be a lot more fun early in the season bowl because I thought the Bucks would actually be good. They are not. <laughs> uh, the Giants, Commanders, Sunday Night Football. Uh, let's tie again, bowl. 
It'd be so funny to see these two teams tie on Sunday Night Football. They'd be 7-5-2. and two. How many times that happened in NFL history where two teams have two ties in the season? Not the same teams, but just two teams throughout the NFL have two ties. It'd be weird. And the Rams and Packers, same thing with the Bucs. <laughs> we thought this would be a lot better matchup when the season started Bowl 2. Because uh, Rams and Packers both kind of stink at this point in time. But Niners and Seahawks, that should be a fun one. Should be a fun one. And the Bills and Dolphins, old old school 90s rivalry. When they were in the 90s, both these teams hated each other. You had Dan Marino versus Jim Kelly. Like, you had all these great stuff, and then both teams kind of stunk in the 2000s and the 21st, to 2010s, and now they're both kind of good now. Bills have won the division for the past three years, and um, yeah, the Dolphins have not. <laughs> the Bills have had four straight 10-win seasons, and the Bills are going, oh, wait. They're going for their, yeah, they're going for their third straight big AFC East title. They won, they won two of them. The past two have been the Bills' titles. And looking at the college football schedule for this weekend, we got Miami taking on UAB, Miami of Ohio, I should say. UAB is a 10-point favorite. We got UTSA taking on Troy, which should be a fun game on 2 o'clock on ESPN. Coverage does not start then. It's when the game starts. Fox figured it out. Uh, we got Cincinnati and Louisville. Big East battle right there. Old school Big East battle. Florida and Oregon State. I don't think Anthony Richardson's playing that game. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Washington State, Fresno State. Should be a fun one. Uh, Rice Southern Miss, SMU, BYU, North Texas, and Boise State. And then Monday, we have got Marshall and UConn. So we've got some fun games. I haven't done Capital One Bowl Mania yet. I haven't done this. Should I do it now? Confidence, standard, spread. Wait. Classic. Yeah, I just want classic pick them. Uh, UAB versus Miami. We're going to play UAB. We'll pick UAB. Troy versus UTSA. I want UTSA to win that one. I like UTSA. I like the Roadrunners. Cincinnati and Louisville. I think Louisville can surprise, but I'm going to go with Cincy. Jackson State versus North Carolina Central. Jackson State. Florida, Oregon State. Has Anthony Richardson playing in the bowl game? That will drastically affect how I view this bowl game. Hold on. Anthony Richardson skip bowl game. Okay, yeah, we're picking Oregon State. That's how I'm. That was big on that one. <laughs> Washington State, Fresno State. You know what? We pick Cam Ward. Pick Cam Ward. I like Cam Ward. I like Jake Hayner too. But they're you know Washington State needs some help. They're thirty nine percent picked in this game. Uh, Rice and Southern Miss. We got five. You know what? Pick five and seven Rice. <laughs> Let's go five and seven Rice. BYU SMU. We'll pick BYU. Uh, North Texas Boise State. We'll pick Boise State. UConn Marshall. I pick UConn just for fun. No, I, I'm not. There's no rhyme or reason with any of these picks. I'm just doing this for shits at this point. San Jose State versus Eastern Michigan. Go Eastern Michigan. Uh, then we got Liberty and Toledo. Pick Toledo or Liberty. Then I'm on Wednesday, so I'm I'm not gonna pick any more games. Submit your picks. I don't need to. So I got I've got that all set up right now. So those are our picks. Do not bet those. Do not bet those at all. Oh man, this show's kind of a mess, isn't it? I'm not really having fun. <laughs> I really enjoy myself today, but all importantly, the big, the most important thing going on this week is the FIBA World Cup championship, the final. World Cup Finals taking on this play. Oh, I guess we've got the, the third-place game, which I, I can't believe they still actually freaking do. The third-place game between Croatia and Morocco. I do, Why do this? I, I remember back in 2014 when Brazil got smacked 4-1 or 7-1 by Brazil. Or by, geez, by Germany. They had to go play the third-place matchup against the Netherlands. Got dick-slapped in that game, too. 
Why do they need to play this? Why do they need to play this? It's not you're not solving anything here. These two teams are more than likely going to play backup squads. At least that's how the bigger teams take it. Play some stars, but most of it's backup squad. And then the Argentina versus France final. That is the perfect World Cup final. After all the chaos that took place, we probably got the two best teams in the tournament facing off against the final, which is just awesome. It's awesome. France making their second straight final. The first team to do that since Brazil made it back-to-back in 98 and 2002. Lost the 98 one, won 2002. They lost to France in 98, convincingly. But this is Messi's last World Cup, which is going to be sad. It'll be really sad. It's also Olivier Giroud's last World Cup, probably. <laughs> uh, but, man, that game against Morocco for France was just relatively easy. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Morocco posed a little bit more of a threat than Croatia did. Croatia did next to nothing against Argentina. Morocco at least posed some sort of threat in that game. And I didn't hope that Roman Seiss left the game early with a hamstring injury. He was battling a hamstring injury through the past couple games and finally got subbed out in this game. It was a question mark going into the game and got subbed out. And, yeah, France, just, they, they had a pretty easy time. Not as easy as Argentina did, but a fairly easy time. But yeah, I th- I my World Cup prediction at the start was Argentina win it. That was my prediction at the start, and I had a World Cup semifinal with France in it, but I chickened out because I got like, oh, the last time I picked a team to go to the semifinals that was good, and the, that won the last World Cup, they didn't get out of the group. They were a group of Sweden and South Korea. No offense to my Swedish brothers in South Korea, but you should not be beating Germany out for a group in a World Cup. I mean, South Korea didn't, but they beat Germany and finished above them in the group, which is just ridiculous. They didn't qualify out of it, but stupid, but. Yeah, this, this tournament's been awesome. And I, I would like to say this before as well. Messi's legacy is already solidified. I don't want people going in after this like, oh my God, he lost the World Cup final. He's not the GOAT anymore. It's, but like Ronaldo's never been to a World Cup final. Like It's not, his his legacy's already submitted. And I, I saw this, like Messi and Ronaldo are comparable in goal numbers. They're not comparable in assist numbers. So that that's where it kind of just ends right there. I never even really thought about it like that. You just look at the number, like, Messi's a, a thousand times better creator. Ronaldo's not a thousand times better goal scorer than Messi. Like that's how that's how we'll have to look at this. That's how I think it should be done. I, I think it's done already, and I'm not going to talk about it a lot now. But yeah, I'm picking Argentina to win. Picked them at the start. I want to pick them still through the end. <laughs> so with that being said, that is all I've got for you this week or for this show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I don't know if I did really, to be 100 honest with you. I kind of. I got all flustered at the at the middle of the show because I had to go take the dog to the vet. But I hope you enjoyed it. If you did not, I apologize. But make sure you're following the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a rating down below on why you feel the way you do. Or leave a description down below. Leave a rating out of five stars on the top. Description down below why you feel the way you do about this episode, about every episode, about whatever. Don't care. Just leave a rating and description. I will catch you all later. Peace.